Get your day started right. This is VOC Breakfast with Gulam Fakir and Sabiro Sheikhesa. Only on the Voice of the Cape. 11 minutes after 7am is where we're at this morning. If you've just joined us, welcome into it. VOC Breakfast right here on 91.3 FM. Now, of course, everyone's talking about it. And South Africa's first batch of COVID-19 vaccines from the Serum Institute in India is set to arrive in the country early next week. Health Minister Dr. Zolim Keyes chaired a public health webinar on South Africa's COVID-19 vaccine inoculation campaign. Yesterday evening, he led a panel of experts who addressed a number of key issues issues relating to the vaccine and Keyes said that the National Department of Health would coordinate the COVID-19 vaccine rollout to ensure the vaccine strategy is implemented efficiently and safely. But joining us online this morning is Professor Narnia Bola-Mala from the Research Division of the Human Sciences Research Council. Professor, good morning and thank you so much for joining us. Good morning and an absolute pleasure. So, of course, you know, perhaps let's throw it back to yesterday evening and just understand in terms of the webinar and, of course, you know, the strategy and how exactly the vaccine program will be working once the vaccines arrive in South Africa. Perhaps your your thoughts around that new opening comments. Well, it felt as if an ocean of information was washing over me last night. Um, There was a lot of information that was shared with the public, and I do hope that the presentations are made available. Um, The general briefing was the minister didn't speak long. He was very much to the point. And then there were a number of experts who were sharing information. I think that South Africans really needed Uh, There was new information that was put into the public domain that we didn't know about in terms of efficiency, safety, and all the measures that are being put in place. Now, of course, we heard that, you know, the vaccine strategy will include three phases. Perhaps let's look at these phases. You know, many are asking as well. Yes, we know it's going to be, you know, our primary caregivers in terms of our health workers that will be the first call. Um, But in terms of, you know, who exactly from the higher echelons will be taking that vaccine? Do we know in terms of the president, perhaps the health minister? You know, has that been established before it is rolled out to the various, um, you know, faculties, etc.? Well, there have been a lot of calls, including in our survey, for the president and the health minister to take the vaccine publicly on television. And um, this is something that I think should happen, but I haven't heard any plans about it. So the first phase um, is for, as you say, frontline healthcare workers. But as the minister said, Said, we're only receiving one million doses of AstraZeneca on the 1st of February. There are 1.2 million frontline healthcare workers, and it's a two-dose vaccine. So we're looking at not enough, basically. Uh, we are getting another five, uh, sorry, half a million, or another five million. Um, at the in the middle of February, which will go further in terms of uh, it, sorry, I must correct myself. Another half million mm. in February, which will go further in uh, terms of the vaccination of frontline healthcare workers. But again, not enough. 
Um, we do know that the, the second phase will deal with uh, the elderly, people with comorbidities, um, and essential workers such as teachers. And that's very important in terms of the opening of the schools and everybody feeling safe about it. But it's very clear that leaders need to show leadership now. And the fact that prove that the vaccine is safe and effective. Mm. Now, Prof, also one of the things is that a lot of people were, you know, whether or not they were wanting to take it, whether or not they are uh, to, to, to take the um, vaccine or whether or not, you know, they are able to afford it. And also one thing that came through is that, um, you know, medical aid or not, you know, you'd be able to have access to this vaccine. And you were also part of a survey that conducted, um, that conducted you know, the survey regarding the public's willingness to take the vaccine. Chat to us about that. Right. Um, the results of the survey were quite positive, with 67% um, of the respondents indicating that they will definitely or probably take the vaccine. And the new numbers that have come out from the medical experts is that 65% of the adult population needs to be vaccinated in order to reach uh, herd immunity. But obviously, we need more. Um, we need as many people in South Africa to be vaccinated as possible. And 18% of respondents actually stated that they will not or probably will not take the vaccine, with 15% saying they don't know. Um, the issue is to try and convince those who are on the fence to take the vaccine. And I think we went a long way last night in providing the kind of information that people are looking for. We had an open-ended question in the survey where we asked people why they would or would not take the vaccine. And the top reasons were they're afraid of side effects, they're not sure about the testing procedures, they're not sure about the efficiency of the vaccine. And we heard from the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority about the Section 21 authorization process. And we heard about the side effects of all of that, the vaccines that are being considered for South Africa. So a lot of information was put out there to make people feel more at ease, including the fact that there will be a medical assistance app that one can use to send through information about side effects so there can be constant monitoring and evaluation around that. Prof, also just in terms of, you know, the trend that perhaps could come about, you know, are we seeing that, you know, once more people start to acquire and take the vaccine, perhaps, you know, uh, 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 South Africans becoming more trusting in terms of right now, it's no one knows what's going to happen. Um, but come a few months, perhaps next year, we start to see a change in trends. Yes, I think there would be. Uh, to some extent, it's a wait-and-see attitude. Uh, is it safe? Um, what kind of side effects are p- people around me experiencing? But we must also consider the fact that so many people have been vaccinated internationally. So all that data is already available. Um, and hopefully that will also convince as we go along that it's fine, um, we can do this, and it's important to protect ourselves and to protect others.
And then, of course, you know, just in terms of, I see a question coming through. South Africa has been experiencing um, load shedding, etc. And we know that these vaccines need to be stored at a certain temperature, etc. Mm. You know, what are the challenges with having the vaccine within our country, knowing that we have these challenges? You know, is government prepared for that? Well, one would really hope that there's not going to be load shedding because one of the answers to a very similar question last night um, given by Anban Palay was that the vaccine will not go to facilities that don't have generators. Ah. And most of these facilities are in rural areas. That's important, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, one wonders if government is going to provide generators. I mean, there's so much money going into this already. Or that there will be some kind of uh, cross-subsidization because we certainly don't want to see large areas of South Africa not having access to the vaccine or easy access to the vaccine. Mm. And then just finally, you know, perhaps if you could lightly touch on what Sapra had mentioned yesterday with regards to ivermectin. We've seen a great call for ivermectin to be used in the country. And of course, Sapra finally broke that silence yesterday. Yes, well, they said that it could be used um, for compassionate reasons. And I think this is basically to put people's minds at ease. Because most of the medical experts have said that it's not useful, but it's also not harmful. Um, So it's fine if people take it. It won't harm anyone. And if it puts people's minds at ease, that's fine. But it must never, ever be seen as a replacement therapy. It's not a cure one would still need to be vaccinated. Indeed. Well, Prof, let's leave it at that for this morning. I want to thank you for sharing with us Professor Narnia Bola-Miller from the Research Division of the Human Sciences Research Council there speaking to us 